Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell, shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Wednesday, February 21st. And glad to be able to be here at WSOF Radio Studios and making this broadcast for the Light and Truth Radio Network. I trust you're having a good day in the Lord and blessed of the Lord as well. We are in the midst of our annual Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church. I'd love to take this opportunity to invite you to come and be with us. We'll be starting up each morning at 1030, Monday through Friday. So that means we've got two more days left of the mornings uh, as this broadcast airs. Brother C.R. Kirkman preaching each morning from the book of Ecclesiastes. And then each night at 7 p.m., we've got two preachers, Brother Scott Suttle and Brother Dale Massengale. Brother Suttle pastors the Lighthouse Baptist Church in Blacksburg, South Carolina, and Brother Massengale pastors the Pleasant View Baptist Church in McQuady, Kentucky. These men will both be preaching each night at 7 p.m., and they're doing a good job thus far. Looking forward to what God's got in store for us tonight as well and in the days to come. So love to have you come and be with us. We are located at 1415 Island Ford Road, right here in Madisonville, Kentucky. I also ask you to pray for us, pray that God would meet in the meetings, not just that we'd have a good time, but that sinners be saved, saints be strengthened, God's work would be done. That really is the goal. Amen. Well, I've got a good song queued up right here by the Shepherd family entitled The Shepherd's Voice. I love this song. It speaks to me. I, I believe Brother Ricky Atkinson wrote this song, if I'm not mistaken. Every time I've ever heard it, it speaks to me, and this is what we need. We don't have to see the way ahead. All we need is to hear the shepherd's voice. If we know it's his will, let's do it for the glory of God. All right, I hope that song was a blessing. I'm glad we have the shepherd to guide us and to lead us. We need to hear his voice. Amen. We need the word of God. I'm preaching out of Matthew chapter number 4, verse number 4. The Bible said, but he answered, this is Jesus, and he answered, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, those were the statements and the words of our Lord Jesus as he was facing Satan, temptation in the wilderness, being led of the spirit into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days. Our Lord was face to face with the devil and the temptations that he would offer. Our Lord was hungered, the Bible says. He was hungry. And the devil said, you see these stones, why don't you make them, command them to be made bread, knowing that Jesus, displaying his power in his godhood, could easily turn the bread or the stones into bread. And yet Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So what he was saying to the devil was, my hunger is not what's important, but the word of God's what's important. And not just one word, but every word of God's what's important. Now I'm preaching on the thought why we use the King James Version of the Bible. And again, I'll call it the King James Bible. Just that's, I believe it is the Bible and, and uh, not just a version. But I'm going back talking about the multiplication of these new translations. And I could say much about that that I'm going to leave alone. But I'm talking about, I'm not saying things primarily, again, that are against those other versions. I'm trying to explain to you why we've chosen to stay with the King James, why I am for 
the King James, trying to make an argument for the King James. Now, I said there are five particular reasons. I've given these the last two days on the broadcast. I'm going to give them again. There are theological reasons, and we preached that one already talking about the, the doctrines of the Bible that these other versions delete or destroy or diminish. And we don't want them taken away from us. We don't want them hindered. And so we want a Bible that stands strong on those doctrines, and that Bible is the King James Bible. Secondly, there are textual reasons. And we started talking about that, and I'll say more about that in just a moment. Then there are philosophical reasons. There are cultural reasons. And there are practical reasons. Now, dealing with the textual reasons, I said yesterday on the broadcast that most of the people in the pew do not recognize or do not know that most of the more than 100 versions of the Bible that have been translated in the last 150 years are not translated from the same Hebrew and Greek text that the King James Bible was translated from. The King James Bible Translation Committee were so well educated that nobody that knows their education, their scholarship, would ever condemn their scholarship. And yet they do. They say, well, the King James got it wrong here. And the reason they do is because they're using a different underlying text. You see, in the late 1800s, a committee of British and American scholars began working on a revision of the King James Bible. Now, these scholars were what we call critical scholars. In other words, they were critical of the supernatural in the Bible. I mean, it's no wonder that their scripture, their versions take away the virgin birth of Christ, for example. They take away, I mentioned yesterday about the parting of the Red Sea and the children of Israel walking across on dry ground. They deny that. They denounce that as just a figment of their imagination. They denounce the feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> Amen. The little boy had the few loaves and fishes. You know that story. I, when I, I chuckle because I remember what Brother Mays Jackson said about that. I heard him one time telling about he one of the trips he'd been on to the Holy Lands. And the tour guide was saying, he said, this is the place where the Lord supposedly fed the 5,000. And, and uh, Brother Mays said, whoa, whoa, wait just a minute. Could you say that again? And the man said, uh, well, this is the place where Jesus supposedly fed the 5,000. And Brother Mays said, whoa, 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 hold it right there. He said, there's a word there I don't understand. And that man said, what is it? He said, you said this is where Jesus supposedly Fed the 5,000. And, of course, the man said, Do you really believe that Jesus fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children, with only those few loaves and fishes? I believe five loaves and two fishes. He said, Do you really believe that? Brother May said, I sure do. And that man laughed at him, mocking. And he said, Well, you probably believe that they gathered up 12 baskets of fragments, don't you? And Brother May said, I certainly do. And he said, The Bible said it, and I believe it. And that tour guide said, what do you believe they did with those 12 baskets left over? And Brother May said, well, I believe they gave one to this one and one to that one and made sure they gave one to every unbeliever like you. Amen. Amen. And the point I'm making is these higher critics called higher criticism, these critics, and of course they come from what we call higher education. They're so educated that they can't believe the words on the page in front of them. And they're so educated they can't believe that God can do miracles. By the way, if he cannot do miracles, he's not much of a God. Amen. These false gods people have cannot do miracles. They're not really gods. Amen. Our God is the true God. Amen. And he can do miracles. Does, I believe, still to this day do miracles. He's a miracle-working God. But this committee in the 1800s came together and decided to revise the King James Bible. Well, 
they decided that the Greek text that was used by the translators was seriously defective. Those are their words. Even though that text represented the New Testament that had been believed and used by Christians worldwide over the centuries since the time of Christ. But it was spurned because it disagreed with some of the older manuscripts and copies that they had available at that time. Almost all of these new versions are actually translations from this new Greek text generated by this committee. Now, let me say that that text, both of those, there's two underlying texts, Greek texts, that they use that are contrary to what the King James translators use. What the King James translators use, we call the received text. Because it was received, believed by the churches, the true churches. But the text that these other versions are written by, or out of, translated out of, are actually Catholic texts. There's one called the Vaticanus, which came from the Vatican. And the other's called the Sinaiticus, because it came from a monastery at near Mount Sinai. That's where it gets the Sinaiticus at, all right? And by the way, I, I don't have these in my notes, but I know these facts from my own previous studies in the past. The Sinaiticus uh, was found in a trash can, in a, or really in a, in a trash dump out by that monastery. You know why? And, and it had been marked through. It had been X, things had been marked out, X'd out, done over, written around, and all that. You know why? Because whoever was copying that manuscript realized there were errors in their manuscript, and they were doing a bad job of editing, and, and so they, they wound up throwing it away, and it was unused, but being unused, it was preserved. You see what I'm saying? Well preserved, because it is not used. You have a Bible at home that's been well used. Most of the times that Bible will get ragged. Amen. That Bible will get worn. That does not mean that you don't esteem it highly. It probably means you do esteem it highly and you use it well. But I'm telling you, these modern versions, most of them will never wind up ragged. They'll never wind up being much used because they're not as precious and as powerful as the old King James Bible. Amen. But going back to that textual reason, not only was that Sinaiticus manuscript found in a trash dump in a monastery outside of Sinai, but the other one, the Vaticanus, Vaticanus was found in a library at the Vatican. Amen. Now, and I hope I don't make somebody angry about the statement I'm fixing to make, but I remember reading from, I either read it or heard him say it, but Brother Ian Paisley wrote a book entitled My Plea for the Old Sword. Brother Paisley's passed away now, but pastored in Ireland for a number of years, I think over 50 years. And he was an older gentleman, actually was knighted by the Queen of England. And he was a very staunch defender of the Protestants. And to be honest, he was, he battled against Catholicism. And he made this statement. He said, if the Lord did misplace his word for a few hundred years, do you think he would have laid it down in the library of the Antichrist? That's what he said. Amen. He said, I don't believe he would have put it in the in the library of the Antichrist. Well, I don't believe God preserves his word through Catholics. Catholics have false doctrines. They have wrong doctrines. They have misconceived, misconstrued doctrines. Amen. They have perverted every doctrine that they hold. They pervert it. Amen. And I don't, I believe they're going to do the same thing with the Word. I don't trust them uh, to keep manuscripts of the pure Word of God. I'll say more about that as the days go. I don't mean just to rail on that. I'm just making a point. All right. These other versions come from a wrong 
text. They come from a different Greek text. This new text that they use is significantly different than the traditional text. Now, for example, when the reader comes to John chapter number 7, verse 53, all the way to John chapter 8, verse number 11, even in these quote-unquote conservative translations such as the New American Standard or the NIV, He'll find that the whole story of the woman taken in adultery is set apart in lines or brackets. And there will be a note that will be placed in relation to this bracketed area somewhere in that version that will say something like this. Here's a quote. The earliest and most reliable manuscripts do not have John seven fifty three through eight eleven. In other words, what they're saying to you is those Catholics took those words out and they believe they're better, and they believe they're more reliable than your King James Bible. Something similar is done with the Great Commission. Mark chapter number 16, verses 9 through 20. If you could read that text, and I don't have it printed out or, or set in front of me. I do have my Bible in front of me, but to read all that would take the rest of my time. But they take these texts, and they say, this is not in the older, in the earliest, and most reliable manuscripts. And what these textual critics of a century ago were actually saying, and, and what the new versions are saying, is that a large part of the New Testament, which was read by the early church, which was believed by our spiritual forefathers, which was obeyed down through the centuries since the times of Christ, that that New Testament was actually uninspired material that added to the text. That is a wrong statement. Our received text... Our King James Bible and the text it's based on has been received and believed and obeyed by our spiritual forefathers. Amen. These new versions have a whole new idea. Uh, this new textual theory, if it were true, that would be revolutionary news to the church. That down through the centuries, the, the churches have believed the wrong text. However, the new theory... Is still exactly what it is. It's a theory, and it's very controversial. Jesus said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Now, I'm going to make this statement. Every man needs every word of God. Amen. A man's needs will not be met unless he has received every word that God has spoken. That's what the Lord Jesus said. Jesus also said, Matthew chapter 24, verse 35, He said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. And with that promise, Christ assures us that the very words we need in order to be saved, the very words we need in order to live as we should, would be preserved throughout the ages. Through wars, through persecutions, through disasters, even through the fiery end of creation. Amen. When the world is on fire, the Word of God will still be standing. Amen. Amen. And you can be standing if you'll be standing on the Word of God. But I wouldn't trust these modern translations. The so-called textual criticism is more faith than it is science. If you were to study the thousands of Greek manuscripts of the New Testament with the belief that God preserved His Word through the years, then you'll come to a different conclusion than those that study those same documents with a preconceived opinion and idea that God does not preserve His Word. Amen. Much of the work done in translation is debatable. Amen. Much of it, these conclusions they come to, are debatable. For that reason, 
thoughtful, conservative Christians will decide, I believe, that it is safer to stay with the traditional text than to adopt a new revised text. Amen. Uh, you've probably noticed it as I have that many of the things that are new and improved are not new and improved. They're new. They're not improved. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because of money. Uh, the, the underlying basis for most of it is money. Amen. For example, if they've got a detergent that works real good, they'll weaken it down and tell you they have improved it. And the reason is so you'll have to buy more and more and more. They're wanting your money. Why do they have to come out with new versions every day? By the way, if the NIV fixed the errors, quote unquote errors that were in the King James Bible, why do they have to keep revising the NIV? Why do they have to keep coming out with even newer versions than the NIV? If the RSV, and that goes back to the 1800s, if the RSV fixed all the quote unquote errors of the King James Bible, why do they have to keep coming out with new revisions of the revision? <laughs> I get amazed. There's the revised standard version. Well, what's wrong with the standard version? Why do you have to revise the standard? Then you've not only got the revised standard, then they came up with the new revised standard version. So you've got the revision of the revision. Amen. And so I'm telling you, they're not better. That's my point. They're not better. Well, don't switch to some revised standard because then they'll come along with a new revised standard. How can it be a standard when it keeps changing? How can it be a standard if it keeps changing? You see, the King James Bible is the text that God has used down through the centuries. Amen. It's the Bible that God has used down through the years to bring revival. Amen. The great awakening that swept over America used the King James Bible. Amen. The great awakenings that swept over England used the King James Bible. I recognize, by the way, let me back up and say, I recognize if you listen to certain ones, they'll try to convince you that uh, the great awakening that they used the Geneva Bible. Some did use the Geneva Bible. But when those that came to salvation in Christ recognized the truth of the Bible, many of them switched from the Geneva Bible to the King James Bible as a better translation. By the way, one of the reasons they're pushing that Geneva Bible is because it's got Calvin's notes in it, and they like that hyper-Calvinism that says that God's in charge of everything, and it doesn't matter what you do, it isn't going to change anything. Amen. I don't have time to deal with that today. That's a whole other subject, but I'm telling you, the King James Bible tells it like it is, rather than some man's notes that confuse what's in there. Well, I'm saying the King James Bible is the text that God has used down through the years to bring revival. The King James Bible is the text that God has used down through the years to save sinners. Amen. The King James Bible is a text God has used down through the years to build homes and to salvage marriages. I'm telling you, it's still the Bible that God blesses and uses. Amen. I believe it's still the Bible that God will use to bring revival. I believe it's still the Bible God will use to save sinners. I believe it's still the Bible that will build homes. And it's still the Bible that will salvage marriages in this day in which we live. It's still the Bible that will produce character in a man if he'll read it. And in a woman if she'll read it and obey it. I believe I'll just keep on using the King James Bible, the Bible that God keeps using. All right, thank you for tuning in today. This is Pastor Shepherd saying God bless you. Tune in this same time tomorrow. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there, but Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Let me remind you once again that we are in the midst of our annual Bible conference here at the Island Ford Baptist Church and Brother C.R. Kirtman preaching each morning on the book of Ecclesiastes. That is each morning at 10.30 a.m. And then at night, we've got Brother Scott Settle 
and Brother Dale Massingale preaching each night. Brother Suttle is preaching on Second Chronicles 7.14, what is known as the recipe for revival. Brother Massingale is preaching from the book of Deuteronomy on Be Not Deceived. Love to have you come and be with us in those services. Again, that is at 10.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Monday through Friday of this week. Again, Brother C.R. Kirkman, Brother Scott Suttle, and Brother Dale Massingale preaching for us in our Island Ford Baptist Church annual Bible conference this week. Located at 1415 Island Ford Road in Madisonville, Kentucky. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.